Hey Freakwolves, um, Madison here, coming at you before the episode to let you guys know um, that this one is a little wonky um, sound-wise. We had um, some mic issues that um, we didn't realize until after we recorded the two episodes we did this week. So um, this episode and the next episode are going to be a little off sound-wise, and we greatly apologize for that, um, for the poor sound quality that these next two episodes might be. We cleaned it up as much as we could, um, but there are still points where um, maybe some of our words drop off, or you just can't hear it, or it sounds like kind of we're like underwater or something. Um, so yeah, uh, greatest apologies. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the episode still, um, as they are, um, in the future we are working on making sure that something like this doesn't happen again. So thanks so much. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison, are you in good form? Olo. 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 <laughs> Madison, real, real quick. Yeah. How low can you Olo? Olo. 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 All right, good bet. Good bet. It's a great bet. <laughs> so what movie are we doing this week? We This week, we are reviewing Megamond. Mega, Megamond. Oh, Mega, Megamond. Megamond. Right. Megamond. Ma- ma- yeah. Yeah, we're doing Megamind. Uh, this was a, mo- a pitch that came about because last week, Madison said to me off mic, uh, you pronounced it Audacity? Audacity. Jokingly. And I, I said, you know, that makes me think of like Metrocity. We should do Megamind sometime. And he said, Mike, I love Megamind. So I legitimately love this movie. As as a sort of turnaround for him agreeing to do Small Soldiers with me. Even though like I know that he liked it and I like this movie. But I said, let's fucking, we're doing Megamind. So. Yeah. Um, I watched this movie in college. Um, mm-hmm. like, it was something that me and uh, my roommate just like, decided to turn on one day i don't know if it was like on like netflix or something and we were just like oh let's watch this bullshit movie and actually had like a really good time watching it it's this like superman-esque or there was like a bunch of superman jokes in it and yeah there's a lot of just pop culture references yeah and in general but yeah it's and it's kind of like i don't know it's it's a fun superhero thing to watch in the midst of a lot of superhero things like yeah i um I was, I don't remember when I first saw it. I think I just, it was on or like I had found it or something. I don't know, but I, I watched it cause I heard about it and I figured, you know, it's a DreamWorks movie like this. It's probably at least going to be like entertaining, even if it's not like great. Yeah. I really liked it. I mean, I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, it may surprise you to learn though, Madison, there are people who don't agree with us. I can, I can see that. So I have two reviews here. One of them's a little longer. One of them's very short. Um, but uh, these are both pulled from Rotten Tomatoes. 
This review is from Kill the Box Trolls. Um, <laughs> well, who gave this movie? A th- we know where he feels about that movie. Yeah. Uh, this was three out of ten. Uh, and the title is by far the worst animated movie I ever seen in 2010. Dot dot dot. And then the review picks up since Madeline lost in Paris. While I didn't want to watch Legends of the Guardians or Shrek Forever After, I found this to be extremely unimaginative. I'd been wanting to see this movie for months now, and I asked my mom to borrow her money to check out this movie, and I nearly walked out of the theater during half of the movie. When you see the part where Megamind releases Roxanne, walk out of the theater and ask for a refund. It isn't worth it. Not even 20 minutes can make people get in touch with this movie. I came home and told my mom that I hated it, and I started writing on sidewalks, Megamind sucks like a mischievous boy. (laughs) Please avoid this movie at all costs and wait until it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. And I also forgot that this movie probably literally copied off of Despicable Me while it was in progress. In parentheses, bad turns into good. In parentheses. Anyways, please do not watch this movie, even if I do write on your sidewalks. Ignore it and watch Jackass instead. Oh my god, come on. That's funny, because Despicable Me, I, after you said, like, move, animated movies in 2010, uh, I looked up those, and some movies that came out were Despicable Me, Mega Mind, mm-hmm. Shrek Ever After, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. There was also um, that, like, Alpha Omega movie and Yogi Bear. Oh man, we should do Yogi Bear. Oh god. I think that I thought that had a sequel. Did not. Oh, maybe it does. I don't know. Oh yeah, a lot of the reviews, even like the ones that were more fair, like the, the middling reviews, a lot of people did bring out that it's kind of like uh Despicable Me meets the Incredibles in a way. Like people people just like Despicable Me more because of the little yellow tic tac guys. Also called minions. Also called minions. That's um, also actually maybe they did copy Despicable Me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a generic enough plot of bad guy learns to love, bad bad guy turns good guy through the power of love. Yeah, that's the power of love. That that is the type of song that would be in Mega Mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that actually in a, when we get to the pitches. Um, this last review is very short. It's by Peter L. We gave it three and a half stars. My rating: three point five out of five stars. Grade B. Gesture: one thumb up. Status, somewhat good, emoticon, and it's a smiley face, but the smile is that weird, curvy print. End of review. Just a bunch of, like, different monikers. Hey, you know, you know, I'm just going to run through the five official standard review tactics of movies. Star rating, grade, gesture, status, and emoticon. Really? Oh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know why he just decided, hey, here are five different ways to phrase how I feel about this movie. I just assumed he's adhering to some kind of like international standard. Like these are the five official recognized standards of reviewing. Um, I want to know what his chili pe- pepper rating of how spicy it is. Now, Madison, we've talked about this. You know, that's not an official yet. I mean, yes. I, yes. I signed your petition to have it. And I, I know that the Academy has seen it, but we're waiting for their response. I, I just want to know how, how flaming hot things are before I ingest them into my eye holes. Your uh, oh, is it eye buds? Your view buds? How 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 flaming hot do you think this movie is? Mega Mind? Oh, I'd give it like three. I'd give it like three chili peppers. Three chili peppers. I would say it's not really a heat because you know, as you know, I also um, submitted my petition where you use um, 
like just like snack ratings, I would give this movie a dangerously cheesy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, my snack rating is Crunchalicious. All right. Should we get to the pitches? Now nah, let's just keep doing this. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, let's get to the pitches. All right. I believe it's, it's your turn because I actually went first twice in a row. You did? I went first for Meet Dave and then Small Soldiers. So you get to go first. Cool. Actually, Madison, before we get to that pitch, um, let me drop a little knowledge on the listeners who probably, or who may not have watched the movie in preparation. Megamind focuses on the titular villain Megamind, voiced by Will Ferrell, who was sent to Earth from an alien planet upon its destruction. Uh, His shuttle is knocked off course by another pod from a neighboring planet, and instead of landing in a home with a nice family, he lands inside a penitentiary. He is raised by the prisoners, which I had forgotten about, and I just thought that was, it cracked me up so much. Uh, We are treated to his life in school, dealing with the occupant of the other pod and his future superhero nemesis, Metro Man. Uh, basically every time he tries to do anything, Metro Man does it better and also kind of doesn't let him do cool stuff. So he's always in the timeout corner. He's a one-upper. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. As adults, they are arch nemeses. Megamind escapes prison on the day of the Metro Man Museum dedication and kidnaps Metro Man's main squeeze, Roxanne Ritchie. Against all odds, Megamind wins this fight and Metro Man is killed. Megamind's reign of evil across Metro City is unchallenged, but that's the problem that there's now there's no challenge. Uh, so Megamind sets out to create and train a new hero. Meanwhile, through an unimportant comedy of errors, Megamind accidentally falls in love with Roxanne. It's very much a B plot where he has a hologram watch that he can look like other people and to basically hide from her, he turns into this guy. Bernard, it's the guy who runs the museum, who's yeah, and then over time they start to hang out, Bernard and Roxanne, and they fall in love. Like that's basically it. Mega Mind as Bernard hangs out yes, with her, of course. Yeah. So his plan to create this new hero backfires when he accidentally infuses Hal Stewart, voiced by Jonah Hill. Which fuck them? They just picked names from two Green Lanterns, yeah, they Hal did. Jordan and John Stewart. I didn't know that until like this. I watched it this time and I saw the name and I realized. His plan backfires when he accidentally infuses Hal Stewart, cameraman of Roxanne Ritchie, with awesome powers. Uh, Through hook and crook, Megamind trains Hal to be Titan, the new hero of Metro City. Unfortunately, when Hal discovers Roxanne is in love with Bernard, he decides his powers are better used for crime. Megamind rises up to defeat him, not as a villain to a hero, but as a hero to a villain. Megamind ultimately defeats Titan and takes his place as the hero now, Madison, I know I yada yada uh, through hook and by crooked my way through your favorite part of this movie. You forgot about Space Dad. I didn't forget about Space Dad. Space Dad. Space Dad. I didn't forget about him. I just, it was a tangent to go into that I was trying to keep the pitch short, but I knew that you would probably want to mention Space Dad. As he's training uh, how Stewart into how to be a superhero, he uses his holographic watch to turn into Marlon Brando, like, but a shorter version of him with his like quaffy hair from the super ha- Superman movies. Uh, 
Yeah, it's um, especially like, and it's really over the top quaff. Like it's, I mean, for effect that it's extra. But yeah, I'm sorry. It is 1978 that that movie came out, and Marlon Brando was in. Yeah. All right. So with that synopsis under our belt, your pitch then. So as I've probably suggested in my mention of Space Dad and everything, what I really love about this movie is that it's just kind of parodying or maybe poking fun at um, a lot of DC like things uh, from the uh, DC universe. And so I decided to lean into that with my pitch a little bit. Cool. What I decided to do is lean into that a bit and um, with my pitch, which is titled Megamind 2, Man of Teal. Okay. Because he's teal. Right. I, I Get it? Somehow I, yeah, somehow I figured. <laughs> we open up with the narration by Megamind briefly and selfishly recapping the first movie. And at the end of it, he says the rest, as they say, is his story. Uh, he says this as they freeze frame on the last moment of the first film. We think he's just mispronouncing the word history, but then we zoom in past the freeze frame and into the sky where we keep zooming out of the Earth's atmosphere and through space to a faraway empty piece of um, outer space where the screen sits still for a few moments. Megamind is then uh, like, oh, let's back up a bit. And then we see time reverse, like full speed. And then we see a planet come together after an explosion. And from the planet, we see like going back down a ship flying out of its atmosphere. Uh, when that happens, the screen pauses and he's like, oh, ooh, look, there's me. And then we like zoom in and we see him. And maybe he's like drooling or has his face up against like the glass or something like in the classic. Yeah, classic. We then zoom into the world surface. Uh, Now, Mike, have you ever seen Man of Steel? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. On the surface of the world, we see chaos. Explosions of magma and earthquakes seem to be consuming the planet as prepares for destruction. Admit. Amidst. Admit. This chaos. (laughs) We see large airships in a heated battle, uh, blowing each other up and like shooting at each other. And bobbing through these ships, we focus on a large-headed goateed blue man riding on the back of a fucking dragon for some reason. And then he uh, zooms through them, like bobs and weaves, maybe does some like cool, like sweet dragon flips. See, and- I have a question now. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to know, because the way you said fucking dragon sounded like it wasn't for emphasis. Like, this dragon is in the middle of fucking some shit. Like, actually fucking some. Yeah. Maybe he's fucking shit up. I don't know. Well, I just mean, because you didn't say, like, on the back of a fucking dragon. You said on the back of a fucking dragon. Making it uh, sound like the dragon is... Okay, I... May, I, I maybe misput my emphasis because I don't think I want to open up this kids movie with a uh, dragon intercourse. I mean, it would be uh, light years ahead of its time. That is true. Yeah, let's say let's fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sure. So uh, <laughs> this dragon, this fucking dragon for uh, crashes in to an observatory. 
I'm just having trouble with words today. Yeah. I mean, we did. We we are doing a movie in which they regularly mispronounce basically everything. So maybe it's like the spirit of Megamind. Observatory. Observatory. Yeah. Uh, crashes into an observatory on a mountaintop. Uh, there he meets with a woman holding a baby. Uh, she informs him that they have found a planet. The goateed man looks at a screen where we see pictures of human on it, um, and the woman says that the planet has somewhat intelligent life, but the baby's intelligence will be too massive and he'll be a freak to them. But the man looks back at her and retorts that, no, he will be a god. Just before uh, they put him in the spaceship, uh, the woman says before they do, uh, they must upload the Operation Blueprint to the ship. Um, and he asks them what the code would be, and she says, code word, survival. Okay. They then put Minion in the pod. They did that in the first movie, um, basically recreating the scene from the first movie at the beginning where they put Minion in the pod. But just before they press the launch button, a wall explodes nearby, and a man with a large head, pointy eyebrows, a full and a full beard wearing armor that has huge shoulder pads on it. Very large, massive shoulder pads with like spikes and shit. And then there's. No, like the a, way you said shit is there are actually turds on yeah, the Yeah, there's big... actually shit hanging off of the spike. Okay. Okay. The guy's also wearing a cape. Um, there's nothing on the And cape. he's fucking somebody. And it, yeah, it's a fucking cape. It's actually a, a piece of cloth that is um, sticking its dick into another piece of cloth. I actually just about puked a little bit. <laughs> I don't know why, but that <laughs> image for some reason actually kind of like, like it just. Oh my gosh. I don't, that's not even like now, like thinking back to that same image, my head just not disgust me for some reason that when you were describing it, it's uh, this man is followed by other uh, similar looking people, but uh, their outfits aren't as shoulder paddy. Sure. Um, the shoulder pads, the poopy shoulder pads are yeah, status. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Um, not as uh, many spikes or pieces of shit on. Them. Uh, the father greets him as General Quad. Quad okay. with a Q. Yeah. It then comes uh, into view, and this man has enormously jacked legs uh, compared legs. to the rest. Legs, oh, yeah, like quad. okay, gotcha, a okay. huge fucking Good. leg Good. Uh, compared to the rest of his body, and just compared to everyone else. Uh, he tells his father that the council is overthrown, and that only if the father joins him and his cause will they be able to save their kind. That him and his people are the last hope for their race. Uh, the father tells him that he is wrong and then points to his son um, and says that he is the last hope for the people. General Quad realizes that they have uploaded the survival blueprints to the pod and goes to fire upon it, but before he does, the mother hits the launch button. General Quad and his crew flee their ship, and Megamind's parents watch in the distance uh, with a look of hope for the future, and then the planet explodes. Damn. Like... An existential look for the future, not like the look for their future in the next moments. They knew they were going to <laughs> die with the planet. I have a question, mm-hmm. just because I'm a little confused. And and 
the answer to this question can be like, maybe just let me finish the pitch. But the the mega mind in the ship is when we we the movie starts at almost the exact second the first movie ended. Yeah. Right. And we then zoom it, into then space. It, then it reverses time. Re- <laughs> right to okay, but to the destruction of whatever their his planet was. The, but the Megamind in the ship leaving that planet is baby Megamind. Yes, right? it is. Yes, it okay. is. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if maybe you were doing some time travel stuff or adult Meg, like it was adult Megamind. Le- anyway, but, and that's why I was saying if the answer is, hey, let me finish the fucking pitch, then that's accept- Like, that's fine. I just, I wanted to clear up. Yeah. So when we initially zoomed into space at the beginning, and then we were looking at that blank piece of space. And then he's like, oh, let me go back. So, like, it's like he's kind of retelling the story or something. Sure. And then. Right. Okay. Uh, so th- there's no time travel in this sequel. Uh, so maybe, like, just as a fun goof to also make that clear, is there, like, in movies when you used to rewind them, like, you could see the timer at the bottom, like, yeah, rewinding yeah. as well? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. I just, like I said, that was confusing me because I wasn't sure if we were doing a time travel thing or what. So. Okay. Okay. So continue uh, then. After the planet explodes and we see it explode, we catch up with Megamind, who since the first movie has become not only a local protector, but also a local icon. His celebrity um, is most seen during the morning talk show, Good Morning Metro City, Good. which is hosted by Roxanne and some other person. Roxanne. Yeah. And some other person. Um, I can't think of who would be like the co-host, but I'm saying maybe Minion is. Because okay, I, That'd I be fun. yeah, and I, I honestly don't have much of Minion in this movie. Um, I didn't really know what to do with Minion, so we can just say that Megamind is a light on character, like supporting characters. Anyway, so yeah, so this this show is hosted by Roxanne and Minion. Megamind has a segment on this show where he shows off his newest invention. Okay. Uh, and this week he has a ray that can change the color of anything to any other color that they want it to be. And he demonstrates it by giving Roxanne purple tinted highlight. I'm sure this won't ever come back or be useful. Yeah. Not at all. This device probably isn't going to yeah. be helpful at all. Yeah. It's not a, what is it? Uh, what, what's uh, Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun. Yeah. I almost said Schrodinger's gun. And I'm like, <laughs> is the gun loaded or is it? <laughs> I'm not sure if Schrodinger's gun is a thing. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. Wow. That was, that's a fucking joke. Jesus Christ. So they are about to end the show with their musical guest, Music Man, who is, if you've seen the first movie, is Metro Man, but now he is Music Man. Yeah, I it's not relevant to my page and you didn't. And I asked you if you needed me to include anything specific. You said just the opening bit, but uh, in the movie for nobody who's seen it, it turns out Metro man faked his death because he didn't want to be a hero anymore. And he wanted to pursue a music career as music man. And he's really bad. Yeah. He's very bad. He's very bad. Just imagine Brad Pitt trying to sing with his regular talking voice. And that's basically Mm -hmm. the joke was. Yeah. Uh, so the music man is, I just, we didn't cover that. So I wanted to, yeah, the music man is a, a, a musical guest on the program. 
right about when they're about to uh he's about to start playing they're interrupted by a strange message everyone's screens in all of metro city go static and a message starts repeating over and over again the message is you are not alone you are not alone you are not smart you are not smart you are not smart but you could be with my help then a voice introduces himself as general quad he says that he was once a great leader of his and Megamind's planet, but before the explosion, him and his crew escaped. That he has saved many of their people, but they could not save most of their kind, and most of him, his, and Megamind's race has been wiped out. Since uh, the explosion of their world, they have been adrift in space, looking for the remains of his people. Him and his crew intercepted broadcasts of Good Morning Metro City and saw Megamind on it and realized that there was another one of their race out there, and he seeks to reconnect with Megamind. Aren't sure the exact coordinates of Earth, um, as they are still drifting out in space, so they need a beacon that can lead them there. They've heard tell of a beacon being sent to planets out there, and basically they, they, they know that there's a beacon on Earth, but they don't know where it is and that they have to find it, um, and that Megamind's DNA is the only one, only thing that can activate the beacon. Okay. Through, like, investigation or something, uh, Roxanne uh, finds the place where they believe the beacon is. I think maybe they work with the government to find it, and it's in the middle of the Antarctic. Megamind... Oh, gotcha. Megamind goes in and activates it, and before him, he meets a hologram of his father, his real father? His real I father. Okay. His real father. I didn't know if this was a space dad callback. But. Yeah. I mean, it is a callback, but it's not like the hologram of that he was using in the first movie. Sure. So they have this moment where it's like, it's my actual space dad. <laughs> it's real space dad. By activating this like program or this beacon um, and meeting with his father, like uh, he they interact. And I think maybe they have some like father son goofs or something. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know, maybe make him mind try. Goose I, I think maybe he tries to like play catch with him, but he like throws a ball or a piece of like snow he tries to throw a snowball at him, but it just goes right through him. And uh it's super fun and super cute. He uh teach he asks him to teach him how to shave. <laughs> yeah. And the dad's like has a beard. It's always like he doesn't really shave, and Megamind's an old person who clearly knows how to shave. He's also a hologram, so he's like That's a good point. Maybe maybe he like Shows him how to shave, and he like uploads a program, and just like, okay, so you drag it down your face. Don't uh, go go with get go with the grain of your your beard or whatever. And they cut to oh, maybe they cut to a next scene, and like Megamind has like little like pieces of toilet paper like with blood. Like mm-hmm. um, anyway, they have that scene. After this, they receive another transmission from General Quad, and he says that he's going to uh, land in the at a in a desert um, outside of Metro City. In the desert, he is met by Megamind and the army. After stepping out of his ship, everyone is kind of shocked, I guess. Maybe, maybe like, I guess everyone's kind of shocked that, like, he kind of looks like Megamind. I guess at this point, they didn't know who he was, because they basically look exactly alike, except that General Quad is huge, and he has huge fucking legs, and huge shoulder pads and everything. General Quad immediately surrenders, and says, like, uh, he comes in peace, and military lowers his weapons and like he surrenders he's like I, i'm not here to attack anybody we're just here to reconnect with megamind 
Uh, Megamind is excited to meet with a member of his own race and arranges a kind of meet and greet scenario with him at his lair. Uh, he wants to make a good impression, so he spruces up the place. Maybe I think maybe maybe Roxanne told him to spruce up, and he adds a bunch of spruce like spruce trees or something. Uh, sure. Yeah, and I think he rolls out an extremely long red carpet that leads from like outside of the base into like the inside, and it just leads to a table where they're going to have dinner. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he also wants to look cool, so he tells Minion to research what cool is and uh tells him what he finds. The next scene we see Megamind come out of the room wearing shutter shades, um, a bomber jacket, um, with uh one eighty earmuffs on, um, bell bottoms, and he's wearing rollerblades. And I think he like serves the food too. Like he like is rolling around like the area, but to him he's like very professional and serious. He's like, oh yes, come in, enter my enter my fine home it was funny because when i had to like when i was thinking like i wanted this bit in this pitch and i bit i had to like actually think what's cool right now and so i chose a bunch of things that like i mean shutter shades aren't cool like (laughs) or anything but like i just had to i had this moment where i'm like man i just really don't know what is popular anymore and i'm an old 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 person and i'm slowly withering yeah medicine's Nobody, uh, viewers, you can't see this, but Madison is actually a 300-year-old Yep, person. I'm, an, I'm an eternal. Imagine the tree from Pocahontas, but like as a human person with hedgehog spikes. You know the old gods? I'm one of them. Which one? I'm the one with uh, the big nostrils. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Nope, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who that is. Yeah, um. Nostril Godzilla. I'm Nostril Godzilla. I was gonna say Nostril Domus. Oh, jeez, that's better. <clears throat> um, anyway, <laughs> over dinner, Quad reveals that um, he planned to reveal an invention of his own. Like, they, I think they're talking about like Megamind's like, oh yeah, I create like inventions for the people of Met- Metro City, and I make the world better. Um, I think we see some of this like in the beginning of the movie too, where like the city uses a lot of his inventions. So like he has somewhat of a purpose that is like the people in Metro city use a lot of his like shit that he invents and he makes their lives easier. Maybe we see like the color changing Ray uh, being used in like hair salons to do like highlights. So uh, over dinner, they talk about like the inventions and stuff. Roxanne is like, Oh, well if you have this invention, you should premiere it on good, good morning metro city and like co-host it with megamind and megamind's like uh hold up now uh like he doesn't really like want to release his spotlight a little bit but then he like is like oh i guess it won't be that big of a deal and like this dude is like the member of my race and like this it'd be a good thing to do and i oh and the name of uh megamind's segment is megamind's mind thing megamind's mind things mind thing yeah okay just because I don't think he would be creative enough to like come up with like a yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, he hesitates letting him on the show, but he agrees. On Good Morning Metro City, Mega Mind unveils his newest invention. Uh, first, um, they are socks that keep your feet warm, but also work as two-way radios. Yeah, it's not a, it's not, it's not one of his best ones. <laughs> sure, it, he's ha- he has Minion try it out, and like he like is basically yelling at into Minion's foot during this scene and he's like see it works and like someone someone in like the distance has the other one he's like see it works um it's 
purposely a really shitty invention because what happens in the next scene is that Roxanne introduces Quad, um, who uh, comes out and reveals that he has a gift for Earth, higher intelligence, that he has invented a serum that allows humans to go beyond their potential cognitive capability. He says that knowledge is not something that should be restricted, and he would rather share the intelligence that him and Megamind have with other beings, because that is the only way for his race to live on, Mm -hmm. technically. It's their legacy. It obviously very much one-ups Megamind's sock two-way radio shit. Um, And... Uh, the next scenes we see, um, this drug is offered to many uh, clinics, and soon everyone is using it. I think we get to see a lot of scenes where people are basically becoming limitless. Do you mm-hmm. remember that movie where... Kind of. I never actually saw it, but I know I know of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they soon master whatever task they're focusing on very quickly. Um, and... Uh, I think Roxanne uses it too and becomes this sort of like super successful in- uh, investigative journalist and she helps solve crimes and mysteries or whatever. And uh, I think Music Man uses it too and uh, he actually starts becoming very good at music and he's conducting mm-hmm. these like elaborate or he's making these elaborate arias and orchestra pieces. And I think we also get a scene where he just starts like banging out a bunch of different types of music, like a bunch of different sure. types, and they're all like bangers. Like he's like, "Oh, you want to see the new dubstep jam?" And he just starts doing it. He's like, "There we go." And I thought, "Oh, you need a folk music?" And then he just starts stringing a guitar. He's like, "Da-da-da-da, There we go. It's it's good. I like that your two two sides of the spectrum are dubstep and folk music. Yeah, I mean, there is no other music that exists. Uh, listeners, now I want the mashup. I want dub folk. Dub folk. Or folk step. I bet that Ooh. exists. Dub folk or folk step. Folk step sounds like a dance. That's so a I think point. it's dub 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 folk. Okay. So with this, like with everyone being like going beyond their potential, Mega Mine doesn't really people don't need him anymore to invent stuff because either they invent it themselves or they just like come up with better solutions uh hmm. to their problem. And without being needed, uh, he is very distraught. Uh, he goes to uh, that like Fortress of Solitude-esque place where his space dad is. Mm-hmm. Um, and space dad is like, why don't you focus on your own things? You know, like we're really I'm honestly very surprised you never sought to complete the mission that was assigned to you in the pod. So those blueprints that was uploaded earlier in the movie. Um, he's supposed and Megamind's like, I just, he just never knew about that. And like, he never really interacted with the pod. Uh, so he's like, I never even saw them. So he goes back to the ship that is at the prison. The thing he finds in the ship is the blueprints for the plan. And also recording of his father and mother, uh, explaining the, uh, blueprints of survival for his race. Okay. The blueprints reveal that for his race to live on, they must create a serum that makes everyone of a different race somewhat more efficient. So it has this benefit, but it actually indoctrinates them into doing the bidding of a mega mind. Hmm. 
thus the people with a serum in their body succumb to the wills of the Megamind, and it'll provide a army, or an army of slaves, basically, uh, that the Megamind can use to establish their new world, uh, aka exactly what Quad is doing. So Megamind realizes that even from birth, he was preordained to be a conquering villain. Okay. He feels very defeated by this, but it's brought up by Minion that, which I think is with him and is like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Minion could use the efficient serum or whatever that is, like, right? Because um, he's a fish person. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Uh, again, not a lot of stuff for Minion to do in this. So Minion brings up that even with all that being so, with everything that's happened to him in the first movie and throughout all his life being upped by Metro man for years and being deemed a horrible person by everyone that he loves (laughs) um, for so long that Megamind has against all odds still has chosen to be a hero. And that's what he has against quad, the refusal to be stereotyped, the refusal to be logically convinced of something without thinking of the moral implications of it right this uh convinces this gets his confidence back up and he goes off to faints against quad um when he goes back um it is revealed that general quad um is building this mega bomb that is going to be launched into earth the earth's core forcing extreme quakes that'll change the surface of the earth so they're terraforming the earth Mm -hmm. uh general quad reveals and even though i just explained it um he kind of like does his like Sure. monologue thing no very much man of steel where we watch krypton explode for 15 minutes and then we watch about five minutes of russell crowe telling us all about it again <laughs> exactly no, I, I get it. you get it you get yeah. it uh general quad actually actual plan is to uh terraform the planet and uh uh he has now turned the populace into mm-hmm. purely logical beings with no sense of morality they follow his logic because they are somewhat indoctrinated by this mega mind um and uh, he has convinced them that if they terraform the planet, then it will allow them to start anew and build their own populace based on higher thinking. So if you like level the planet, we can start from scratch and it's easier to do that than just trying to solve all the countless problems that already exist. They fail to realize that what General Quad is actually doing um, is uh, terraforming the Earth so he can rule and use them as their slaves. Uh, and uh, General Quad reveals to Megamind that humans cannot actually be raised to a higher intelligence of Megamind's people, mm-hmm. but um, humans' hubris is big enough to be convinced that they're smarter than they actually are. So um, it's kind of this, like, if a smart person tells you that you're smart, it's like, oh, man, I'd best be pretty smart. Like, but it's that's all, that's basically the interaction of it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, so it's the their intelligence where they are more efficient and they can, it did like kind of like heighten their like abilities to learn. It's mainly superficial and it, they can't actually like surpass anything up to mega minds, people's level. So, um, I think this like culminates into a battle of like wits and shit and, (laughs) uh, wits and shit, wits and shit. I think they start using like a bunch of different types of like inventions against each other. Like, um, like in um, Sword in the Stone, when Merlin and Mad Midge, whatever, have their like 
wizard fight where they turn into different animals. Yeah, yeah. It's like pulling different. Um, yeah, I got you. Yeah, like different rays and different like gadgets and mm-hmm. shit. Um, but I think this like Mega Mind goes down, releases like a final like fire at Quad, um, but it misses. And Quad says, um, it's too late. I've already won. And he goes to hit the button. Um, I think there are two buttons. And you're going to see where I'm going with this. There are two buttons on this console. One is red. One is yeah, green. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> and then he uses the color changing ray to turn the uh-huh. the uh, green one red. And he sure. hits it himself. It it foils the plan. I think Megamind also convinces Tina Fey's character and mm-hmm. Music Man. Roxanne! Uh, Roxanne and Music Man of um, Quad's like plan and um, probably through some like logical like thinking like mm-hmm. being like you only think you're smart this smart but you can never actually be smart and maybe he like presents them with like an invention it's like okay hey take take this apart and he they're like of course I can do it and then they like can't do it maybe they're like pulling on it like from one from one side to the other or something and I think uh, Music Man goes and uses his superpowers to destroy the machine. Yeah, movie ends. I, I don't know. Like it, it like sure. yeah, it it wraps up. There's some sort of like defeat, and Mega Mind just invents a counter serum that mm-hmm. cures the people of their indoctrination. Yeah, that cures humanity of hubris, and we live in a utopian society. Exactly. Yep. But yeah, that's my pitch. I I, I kind of like body there towards the end but you know it's yeah. a it's a it's a kid's movie good. it's gonna end up like a happy ending i like it i mean it's a good you hit all the notes i don't like i don't have really any questions i really thought because you're talking about playing with superman tropes he was gonna fly around the earth backwards oh. to turn time back or something at one point that's why like you're talking about superman tropes so i immediately thought okay so he's gonna fly around the earth backwards to like save like the planet or whatever which is why I got mixed up at the beginning thinking maybe it was time travel. It's because I was waiting for Megamind to fly around the world backwards, which is maybe my favorite Deus Ex stupid trope ever is that Superman just flew around the earth backwards to turn time back. Mm -hmm. Because that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, Man, remember when Superman movies were fun? I did, listeners, behind the scenes a little bit of the Equalizers, breaking the fourth wall and pulling back the curtain a little bit. Uh, we record two episodes every mm-hmm. single time we record, usually. Um, We've talked about this before. Yeah. At least that uh, aspect. Yeah. Uh, so we usually only watch two movies per week. Um, I had to watch three because I was parodying Man of Steel. <laughs> so. Well, um, let's be clear. You didn't have to. You you put this on yourself. I, I did. I did put this on myself. Um but uh, I won't reveal the the other movie that we're doing. Uh, yeah. But um, I watched Megamind, that other movie, and then I watched Man of Steel in one big, long, like, <sighs> five-hour marathon. One, I am sorry that you watched Man of Steel. Which, Man of Steel is a very long movie. It's like two and a half hours. It's, and it's so not, it's so bad. It was better than I thought it was, but it wasn't great. I will try to... Uh rise to your level of pitching mine's a little looser this week i have more of the themes i have some but you know it's you'll you'll see um my pitch is titled megamind 2 colon tom cataclysm tom cataclysm uh and all all one word and that will the, the reason will be revealed 
in the pitch. We open on Metro City. Uh, Megamind is on patrol. Uh, in my pitch, he's actually like a hero. He continued heroing. We get a voiceover about how great things have been being the hero. It's basically catch up. There's a cry for help in the real world, and he kind of zooms off to investigate that in the voiceover, then mentions some of the supervillains he's beaten. Uh, people like the Brain Sturgeon, the Clockroach, Cryo the Baby. The Clockroach? Yeah. Is the Clockroach a time-traveling cockroach? Yeah, or some kind of tie, a cockroach with a, a clock theme. Okay. Uh, Cryo Baby. And Andy Griffith. <laughs> what? Is he like, is he like an Andy Griffith as sheriff who steals? Or like con man. Or con man. Okay. But is he, but is he, but he isn't like, is he a small town sheriff? Like regalia? Maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't create extensive backstories for these throwaway villain names. Man, I could watch a movie just with like a team up with Andy Griffith and Copper Clockroach. Or no, cl- clock clock. So in the real world, this is all like he's like naming these villains that he's beaten. Maybe we get like screenshot like pictures of them. Um, yeah, I would say that Andy Griffith, Andy Griffith is would look exactly like Andy Griffith. Uh, I don't know if it would be the <laughs> sheriff theme, just because that would be weird that he. But also very funny. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the sheriff's badge is like upside down or something to prove that's how we know he's yeah. that's how we know he's a villain. Yeah. Um, so in the real world, he turns a corner, Megamind, not Andy Griffith. Uh, Megamind turns a corner and a school bus full of children is being besieged by very like tiny squids. Oh, geez. Megamind swoops in and saves the day with gadgets and brain bots and defeats them. Um, I think at one point though, he kind of starts to dip a little into villainy, like. He gets angry and maybe like, I don't know, like gets menacing. I, I can't describe what I want, but it's this idea that like, he's not completely a good guy. Like there's still a part of in him where he, this is like a fallback. Like he's been doing, he was a villain for so long that it's not just like, I cast that away and I'm a pure soul now. Like he, he's got that itch still he's got that yeah or just for... it, it's a habit almost like a reflex at times where he still slips a little bit. right so we get the idea that his old tendencies might not be as gone as we thought okay. uh, we cut to megamind being interviewed by roxanne about his defeat of the terrifying smallisks smallest <laughs> yeah the sw- oh because it's smallest the squids. got it yeah tiny squids <laughs> got, it, got, it, got, it, got it sorry no, you're fine. <laughs> Also, some of these might just not be good jokes. Like, might be shitty puns. Like, <laughs> some that's of them, okay. Some of these, some of these, I mean, you're, 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 you're going. You're doing pretty good, though. You're, you're like, it's, this, this is very, this is very puntastic right now. All right. So, cut to Megamind being interviewed by Roxanne about his defeat of the terrifying Smallisks. Uh, Megamind is humble, and the crowd is adoring, except for a seventy-ish-year-old woman, a young girl holding the leash of a large mastiff dog and a tall, broad-chested young man. Uh, they look very unhappy, and the older woman looks at each of them in turn, and they nod, even the dog. <laughs> uh, we move to Megamind and Roxanne, returning to his base where they live together. Uh, they have some fun, light banter, and everything is great and will remain great forever with no conflict. Uh-huh, and the movie? Yep, ends. that's it. That's the end of the movie. 
there's a knock at the door. Megamind answers it, and it. Yes, thank you for the. There. I'm, getting, I'm getting better at Foley. Yeah, yeah. Because I did that with my mouth. Yeah, that's what he's like. Like in the Meet Dave uh, episode where we talked about, he just opened his mouth and perfect Foley work came out. Like, uh, so there's a knock at the door, and Megamind answers it, and it's the Mastiff from this previous scene but dressed in an emerald tunic and trousers with a flowing black cape that looks like it has stars and galaxies contained within. Oh, God. On, is it a Green Lantern dog? <laughs> no. On the head, the dog's head is a large diamond amulet. Uh, Megamind starts tickling it under its chin, asking it questions in baby talk about who the dog is. Is it lost? It's general, like, who's your good boy? Stuff like that. What's that amulet doing? Who's that? Where'd you get that amulet? Uh, the dog answers in the gruff Irish accent of Brendan Gleeson, uh, Mad-Eye Moody from the Harry Potter films. Oh, cool. Uh, it tells Megamind that we'd like a word. And Megamind asks who, uh, or who wants a word. So um, Megamind asks who and the other three appear. Uh, first, the young man that we saw earlier flies down out of the clouds in a dark black and rich blue spandex suit with a utility belt around his waist. He lands, crosses his arms in a hero pose, and says, with the voice of Ryder Strong, uh, who was Sean from Boy Meets World, yeah. his name is Sean of Justice. Oh, come on. His Okay, like you man of teal, and general quad. So I obviously I'm with Ryder Strong, the voice of Sean, or the guy who played Sean in Boy Meets World, uh, his powers are flight and he gadgets. So I basically mix Superman and uh, after that, a the bloom and upper stalk of a light purple flower stretches into view. Uh, standing in the middle of the flower's bloom is a young woman, now dressed in light blue spandex with a flower insignia on her chest. The flower is bent so that the top of it and one of the um, leaves form an F. And she says in the voice of Becky G, who was Trini in the new Power Rangers movie, Oh. Uh, fantastic Flora. I didn't watch it. Oh, jeez, that's that's pretty good. Her powers are plant control, but more like stretching and manipulating them. So imagine, like, if a plant could do what Mister Fantastic does, but she like controls yeah. them to do. It. Got it. After Fantastic Flora, there was there was a deep sigh there before this next one, and I'm both excited and terrified. this was the first name I came up with. For this immediately, like after we agreed to do Megamind, I opened a document. I was like, "All right, I'm going to need some of these." This is the first one. Frank Sinatra's "Fly Me to the Moon" blares out of the speakers. Any like speakers around, like Megamind's computers, everything. Uh, in the sky, we Boy. see what looks like the trail of a jet. Then it arcs straight downwards. The old woman lands in front of Megamind in a metallic robotic suit. The music fades, and she says, "Iron Gran." Oh, God. Uh, this character is voiced uh, by the incomparable Jessica Walters, most recently, that people would know from Arrested Development, Lucille Bluth. Yeah. I don't know. I Knowing how people would know who people are is difficult, so I just went with, like, the most pop, like the most recent popular thing. So, one, she, obviously, she's it's like an Iron Man stand-in, but she's over one. Yeah. And also, I'm playing with the idea that Iron Man always blares ACDC music, and since yeah, she's but older, she's, it's Frank she's Sinatra. Like, 
Yeah, it's gonna be like Sammy Davis Jr. and like. Oh no, it's just Frank Sinatra. I was just. Frank I'm Sinatra, a Frank Sinatra okay. fan, so I was. Those were the only like I just went straight to that. That was gonna be like Billy Holiday and like. No. <laughs> no. No. Just. Just Frank Sinatra purist. All right, so um, so Sheila, it's Iron Grand. So recap real quick: Shaun of, Shaun of Justice, Iron Grand, Fantastic Flora. Mega Mind is shocked, and the dog speaks up. And my name is Doctor Mange, the mastiff. <laughs> the Doctor yes. Mange, the mastiff master. Or the amulets there. Doctor Mange, the mastiff master of the Barcane Arts. God. And we are God. Tomcat, true heroes of Metro City against tyranny. But the H is silent. But the H is silent. Got it. Like in Thomas. Yeah. Um, I, think we, I think you hit your like vein. Like. Oh the, yeah, your, this is my. This is this your. Is what this I is your. Do. This is what Mike does, guys, and he's just killing it. Um, they're here to warn Megamind. They don't believe he's. They don't believe he's changed. They don't trust him. They don't think he should get this hero treatment after basically spending his entire life being a villain. Uh, like he does, that's not wiped away by one good thing. Yeah. Um, this is his cease and desist from them. They're taking, like, we're taking over. You're like, go home. Don't, don't do anything. Like, we're, this is it. You don't get to save people anymore. Basically, yeah. Like, we're, we, we, they think that he is up to something. That this is some plan or something. So it's like you're, it's a, that's over. Goodbye. Yeah. So they leave and Megamind and Roxanne talk about it. She honestly she doesn't believe that they could actually keep him out of this game. And like, there's, this is bluff, like bluster. There, there's no way that they can stop you from being a hero. And honestly, though, like, it's more heroes in Metro City now. Like, you don't have to work as hard. You can take some, like, we could spend more time together. Uh, so we cut to a montage of Megamind's brain bots, like identifying a crime, Megamind showing up to fight this crime, and either Tomcat is already there, or they like actively prevent him from helping. Okay. I imagine there's a scene where like they're fighting something, uh, like being a villain, and Megamind flies up to try to help, and just like Shaun of Justice just like gets right in front of him and does that thing where he like when Megamind tries to step to the left, he just steps to the left. Like just yeah. physically won't let him past. Uh, Doctor Mange is uh like he folds time, or he like takes matter out of like the buildings and like pins up against the wall. It's like no, you can't help. Yeah, like basically they have just shut him out of this. Um, after the last one of the things in this montage, Megamind and Minion are just like walking down the street, and they download about how much Megamind hates these guys. He makes some vague villain shit like if I had 50,000 50, gallon tank and some Peruvian piranhas before Minion is like, no, come on. Like, don't go down that road. You're not a villain anymore. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Um, no, break, break right. Break right. Yeah. I think that for a little bit of communist while they're walking, like a bank robber runs out of a bank and Megamind just like stops him without even thinking about it. Like He's basically just stopping petty crime now. Yeah. Um, they pass a TV store or like a, a, one of those classic windows full of TVs where Roxanne 
is reporting on Tomcat's defeat. Oh, God. Oh, God. I forgot about this one. Tomcat's defeat of red, blue, yellow. The master of primary colors. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I realized red is a first name for some people, like Red Fox. Yeah. And so then I just hyphenated blue and yellow into a last name. Red, blue, yellow, the master of primary colors. You, in this pitch, you are uh, like providing some of the like, pun gems and also pun crimes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I, I have committed atrocities. Megamind seems... Megamind seems saddened by this, like seeing Roxanne reporting on this. He gently touches the window. The TVs are behind. It's an emotional beat. Okay. Um, so we're inside his base again, and Megamind is pouty and petulant. With He's upset that she's making Tomcat look good. She says she's just reporting the news, but they're, stop, they're stopping him from fights, and they're muscling him out, and she says, well, there's no proof of it. She's investigating this, obviously, but she can't just air theories. She's not Hawk's News. Uh, inside Tomcat's base, the four of them are meeting. Uh, they're talking about training, business, like media appearance stuff. And Dr. Mange asks about Megamind. Uh, Iron Grand says that he's basically down to petty crime and she's working on something that will reveal his true motivations, in quote. Flora asks if they're sure he's still evil. It seems like he really wants to help. Iron Grand assures her that he's bad. Quote, nobody who hurts people like your brother is a hero. May, uh, Dr. Mange also mentions that the vague spirits that gave him his powers told him that there would be a there would arise a threat. I put that in all caps, like a capital T threat. Aaron Grand says, "What bigger threat could there be than Megamind, the wolf in sheep's clothing, the great villain masquerading as the hero?" We go to a massive flood is about to hit Metro City. Uh, Tomcat is trying to stop it and you know like push the water back. Megamind shows up to help in his rebuffed, uh, so he starts evacuating the people instead. Uh, Flora is the one, the only one not like super helpful in this. Like Doctor Mange could like use magic to hold the water back. Iron Grand could, you know, move shit. And Shaun of Justice is strong and has gadgets. Like she's kind of, I guess she could like raise plants up, but in this case, she's just they've got it covered. So um, she sees Megamind flying. She sees a Megamind flying platform carrying people, and she kind of like comes up at him, like not not just attacks him, but tries to stop him. And she's like, "Where are you taking these people? Like, what are you going to do with them?" And he's, "Oh, I'm trying to help. Like, I'm a hero now. I'm evacuating." And Flora throws this back in his face. No hero would ever steal a hospital. Uh, Megamind is shocked, and we flash back to when he was a villain and he had stolen a hospital and held it for ransom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it turns out Flora's brother was in that hospital and he was awaiting surgery. Vague. Oh. I'm being vague here because it's comic book, whatever. It's a kid's comic booky thing. Uh, because he didn't get that surgery in time, yeah. his immune system was hit and he basically just is like really sick a lot. Like nothing life threatening, but it's not awesome. Again, yeah. Yeah. I was trying this is a to kid's thread. Mo- this is a kid's I was movie. trying to like, thread let's a needle, not kill uh, some kid. Like. What's what's something that's very bad, but also not like he died or yeah. is paralyzed forever or something, you know, like. Um, yeah. So let's see. So she attacks Megamind and he defends himself. Uh, Tomcat, seeing the fight, attacks that uh, and they defeat him and like 
push like repel him and he has he like runs away uh so they he like runs away so they spin this then in the news that he attacked them he's clearly a villain he was trying to stop them from uh stopping this flood and they spin the narrative that megamind caused the flood to distract tomcat so he could take them out continue to be the hero while reaping the rewards uh, they bring out bank statements that he was taking money off of crime lords, like was on, on the pay of big crime. Uh, this evidence, do what? Was, this evidence seems pretty ironclad, and public opinion turns against Megamind. Uh, Megamind is a villain in the public eye again. He holds up in his base. Uh, he's watching all these news broadcasts at once across several screens in his pajamas, and he begins a long monologue about how if they want a villain, he'll give them a villain. Uh, he starts to seriously backslide when Roxanne comes to him. Uh, she believes him, like she, and he's surprised. And she says, "I like you know, I she, I know you, I believe you." He's still, he's still not quite out of villain mode. Um, how can she trust him? Like she doesn't. What and because changing is hard. You spent most of your life terrorizing these people, so of course part of them is waiting for you to reveal it was a ruse. Change isn't a thing you can do overnight. It's a commitment, not a decision. But no one believes him in, in him anymore. She says, you know, trying to be better isn't something that's predicated on public opinion. You do it to be better, not to seem better. Um, and that seems to kind of, you know, like hit him like he gets he gets it then. Uh, inside Tomcat HQ, they are celebrating. Megamind is slimed in the public eye. Uh, while celebrating Iron Grand kind of lets it slip that they were responsible for the financial documents reveal. She and Dr. Mange, using technology and magic, put the money in his account from them. Uh, Flora is shocked and disgusted. Dr. Mange tries to explain it's because Megamind is the great evil. Uh, Flora can't believe they'd stoop so low. This isn't how heroes operate. Iron Grand gets impatient and snaps at her. They'd stoop so low. Solo is what? To smear a villain? Of course they would. They're villains. Like, Megamind is a villain. I mean, she's not like, we're villains. Uh, Yeah. But at the same time, they are villains. (laughs) uh, Metro Man was the hero for almost 30 years. And when the chance came for newcomers, the villain took that spot. Not on her watch. She waited too long to let Megamind have the spotlight and the adulation. Uh, Flora and Mange are stunned. Mange says something like, you told me he was the great evil. Like, I thought this was about stopping this evil, not like, like, obviously at this point, it's Iron Grand is doing this for, to be the hero. Uh, yeah. And I think that, like, Flora and Dr. Major doing this because, I, in my mind when I was writing this, I drew a parallel to Brutus and Julius Caesar, where at the end, Mark Antony says, like, mm-hmm. Brutus was the only one actually doing this for Rome. Like, they were, they did this thing because they thought it was what was best for Rome. And that's so Flora and Mange are caught up in this, but they were doing it because they believed this was the right thing. And now it's like, oh shit, actually we were not doing it. Um, mm-hmm. She kind of tries to spin it and you know, this is what he wants. We're divided. We got to stick together. We're, we're the heroes. He's the villain, etc. I think Mange is convinced enough like he's uncomfortable about it but i think he still believes that this like okay i, I think megamind probably is still like the the worst thing but flora just was like nah fuck this and leaves it's basically trying to convince uh dr manhattan yeah it's uh, kind of like that like, in a way like, like he 
He's uncomfortable with it, but he still, I think, he still believes in the mission. Flora does not anymore. He sees he sees the the solution and is like, okay, I'm comfortable with this. I have this one scene where Megamind is in his base and he's staring at a cardboard box, and obviously he's like, he's kind of at a point where he has to make a decision. And he when he opens the box inside, we see the black mamba cape that Minion made for him in the first movie. Uh, it was very much a like the villain cape to end all villain capes. It was his like statement. Um, and now, Madison, I'm afraid I'm going to steal your line. This is where my notes run out. Get ready for some hemming and hawing. Well, just basically that. Then Flora comes to Megamind and like tells him, and they team up. I think they the in the big fight they end up. Doctor Mange basically is like, oh shit, no, I was totally wrong about this, and defects to help Flora and Megamind defeat Iron Grant and Shaun of Justice. Um, and I think that... Does Mach- does uh, Dr. Mange have a mastery of time? He can. I don't want to, like, retcon. If you're talking about going back in time and... Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to be like, oh, well, we can stop this from ever... Ha-. Like, it could get to, like, uh, like, a point where it's like, oh, it's too late, and then, like, kind of a la Doctor Strange. Like, uh, Dr. Mange, like, it's like, there's one hope and then like he does it and maybe like yeah i i want to i i don't like that idea only because then megamind doesn't actually learn the lesson like he doesn't go through this trial of character that makes him i think better or at least like more solid in his in this decision whatever i don't know i I don't really have an idea here at the end. I just kind of, I got to this point of the movie and I was like, I guess it's, they fight and he learns this lesson, but I don't have like a solid way that it shakes out. What's the lesson you want him to learn? I guess like, I don't know that it, it's, he wants to be, he wants to be good, like, and do the right thing and be a hero. And I think this movie was like learning that he's always probably going to reflexively at times do a sort of villainy thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like he spent so long doing this and oh, that's not going to just change overnight. Like it's, it's a thing that he has to keep at. And just because he like slips a little bit, like doesn't know, like commits crime slips, but in his brain is like his thoughts go to like a villainous thought. Like that's not necessarily like, that's not a bad thing as long as he doesn't like do it. Yeah. So what is like the last, like, what's something that Iron Grand could be due to, like, like, what's like the big standoff? Like, what what is she like? What's her master plan? That's, that's what I'm not sure either. I think like, maybe she's about to frame him on like something big. Like, maybe she has to like, put the nail in the coffin is like, oh, Megamind is bad. So she's about to frame him. Uh, maybe he's go she's going to blow up a hospital. Or, that's good because then the Flora thing as well yeah I, I i had that idea earlier on and that's how like they flora realizes like that she joined the wrong side but i was i thought you know that's too that's too much it, like right if their first go at it is let's try to blow up a hospital and frame him for it like that's beyond the pale of iron grains like delusion what if she because she's like oh technology and shit she hacks his brain bot mm. and uh uses the brain bot to commit some sort of like crime and thus so it looks like megamind did it okay because his brain bots are there 
and it could be something as simple as like destroying a bridge mm-hmm. or um something it has to be somewhat no, heinous and like it that's actually good. like just good like yeah like when people are on it and um like destroying a bridge um like that um sort of how like i think green goblin that's what happens in like spider-man um i do i like that i think then that um what i like is that i think that that's a very simple the bridge they they defeat it dr range defects midway and like helps them beat him but i think at the end the idea is there's no they can't prove that she did that like that she hacked the bots like megamind saves them and i think it's like he's kind of in the middle now with people but like he can't prove 100%. Like he can't convince everybody that this is what happened. Okay. But the idea then being that he's like not it's a more hero. The dark he's not, yeah, not a hero, not a villain. And he's okay. Like he's, it, you know, like Flora's like, you know, but there are people who still think you're a villain. And he's like, well, you know, I'm not doing it to be seen as a hero. Like I think it's, so him it's more learning Bat- his lesson. It's more Batman. It's, it's more the dark night at the end where uh, Gary Oldman, Commissioner Gordon is like, oh, he's not, the hero, uh, hero we want, but he is the hero, hero that this place needs. Yeah, like, it's not, not the hero like, we deserve, but the one that we need right now. And I think that that works for the arc for Megamind. He, he, at the end, there are people who believe in him and know he's in, like, think he's a hero. There are people who aren't sure still, but ultimately, like, that's not why he's in the game, in the hero game. Like, he's doing it because it needs to be done and it's the right thing to do, etc. And I think okay like it's not the most elegant new new thing but i think it works but it's it's very superhero-esque i mean there's many heroes that are like that i mean uh in like that that vein of like oh i'm not, i'm doing this because it needs to be done not because necessarily i want to do it that's that's my pitch no after credit scenes no after credit i scene. really hit that hard with small soldiers so i'm gonna yeah. meet dave i do have one question though whole pitch was good but i have one question and one addition that i want to add can andy griffith have a partner called barney trife um, strife you mean i said trife yeah but trife, trife isn't it but thing. barney trife is a thing. what is trife it's like it means rock bottom i think yeah i mean that is a good that's a, that's a good pun i think for a kid's movie we probably have to go with strife. Okay. I, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you respect on the pun. I get it. I get it. You just did this whole like pun filled movie. You just couldn't let me have one. I get it, Mike. You had, you I have, get it. You don't fucking come at me on my pun filled movie, Man of Teal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. You can find us at by searching The Equalizer. Um, on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts are. Wherever uh, at, at your nearest podcast diner, at your nearest podcast diner, your podcast farmers market, podcast chili cookoff, podcast chili cookoff. Um, we're the spiciest one. I'm trying to find our our flavor of where podcasts are found. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at the Equalizers E Q U E L I Z E R S. Uh, gmail we are equalizers at gmail.com instagram the underscore equalizers where we try to post a little teaser thursday before wednesday or thursday before release 
And uh, maybe you were one of the lucky few who managed to guess this week's movie was Megamind 2. Special thanks for our theme song, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. Uh, we're going to be those those podcasters real quick. And if you could subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you uh, wherever you munch on that podcast, uh, goodness, uh, it'd be appreciative. And if you could leave a review, that would be really cool. Where you wherever you let podcasts enter your body and cause pleasure sensation in your ear holes. All right. Well, thanks for that. No problem. So. For the equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. How low can you owe love? To be continued. <laughs> <laughs>